You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. He's got it! Oh, baby! Every week, Travis Kura. That's Greg Company, which is a different person. And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Oh, nearly intercepted it is! And it's over! Ready, set, hunt! Oh, my God, I hit record on this Brazilian Tide. <laughs> yeah. That's the first step to a good podcast. That uh, Ty cut a good LA night promo uh, Sunday evening that never made it to air. And in panic, I recorded a solo episode at three in the morning. <laughs> Me just rambling for an hour into the camera, but everybody was very kind. Uh, thanks for listening and thanks for understanding. When you get close to 400 episodes, a few do go wrong. I just, I expended so much energy and I had a good chat. Charisma. Yeah, I mean, well, I asked you today, are we going to record this one or are we just going to have an hour-long chat again? <laughs> I didn't even get to bitch about all the stuff I wanted to bitch about in my real life. <laughs> I did want to ask you, I, I know you are a casual observer of The Bachelor. Have mm-hmm. you seen uh, this new series called The Golden Bachelor? No. I feel Well, it's like a senior fellow. Uh, uh, I'm out. I feel like there would be a lot less drama, no? Exactly. So what's the point? <laughs> I'm not watching it because it's like for storylines. So I guess be- the drama is a storyline, but I'm not watch- not watching it to find some geriatric find his third wife. Sat around the table and played crib or went fighting bowling. Or, yeah, bridge or played pickleball and chatted about their health issues. And maybe he just gives the rose to the first... Or does that kick you out, the rose? No, the rose keeps you. That'd be funny if you just picked the first girl and then it was like over after 20 minutes. They're going to Humpty's at 4.30 for the early bird special. Look, honey, I don't have much time. Yeah. Let's go uh, take... Uh, Only got a couple more Cialis pills left. <laughs> <laughs> the Edmonton Elks are on by this week, mercifully... So they can't lose, but they still somehow have looked like absolute idiots. It is a win uh, with the uh, Indigenous Elks logo mm-hmm. created by Conrad Plews. Man, these Indigenous logos, I think, that we see popping up around the CFL, they look awesome. They and I, I would love if they did a whole week. Uh, I guess you can't do that because there are nine teams so somebody gets left out or maybe somebody does it twice or whatever. But mm-hmm. uh, for all these teams to do it sort of at once over two weeks or whatever it is, I, I think yeah. they look awesome. Oh, they look cool. Um, you know, and not to cheapen it, but there is an op- opportunity to sell merch with that stuff on it. Cause yeah. I think people would buy that, which is going to help with, you know, recouping and everything. I, I think teams are in the league are still reeling a little bit from the pandemic, obviously. Um it's not something exactly you'd want to make money off of, but there is a chance on the business side if they're going to decide to look at it like that as well. 
Speaking of the business side, uh, the Elks have promoted quarterback coach Jarius Jackson to offensive coordinator. He will remain in the quarterback coach position. And Stephen McAdoo is now going to be an advisor on the defense. So when they move you to the other side of the ball. (laughs) I mean, he knows how, like, he knows exactly what defenses are doing to beat them. So (laughs) I can't. Well, I mean, Cornelius is probably the best defender. That the Elks have played. <laughs> hey, can he play free safety? Maybe. Can't be any worse than playing quarterback. Uh, Edmonton's opponent, when they return from by, will be the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, who are returning off of by to host the BC Lions. They are six-point favorites, and this is a game that obviously... Uh, you would like to see both teams have an even playing field, and maybe we will get that in the playoffs, but it is the schedule. And the Lions are coming off a road game in Edmonton on Saturday. They're coming off a bye week as well. Yeah, so maybe they came out of that game unscathed. (laughs) But uh, Thursday in Winnipeg after a Saturday road game always seems to be tough on teams. And I I just look at what the Lions have done, especially, especially against the run. And we know the last two games were against Edmonton and Saskatchewan, but the stats that that I have is (laughs) over 17 carries from starting running backs over the past two weeks. They've allowed 16 yards, Ty. Yeah, 17 carries, A, is not enough. No. In two weeks. Yeah. I don't care who your offense is. Yeah. Uh, And less than a yard per her attempt is ridiculous. Um, we talk about Matthew Betts and that pass rush that BC has because he's putting up the sack numbers. They they are clogging every hole. They are taking away every opportunity for running backs. And you know that's just that's probably what's making that pass rush so effective is that they nobody can run the ball, so you yeah. have to drop back to pass, and guys are just pinning their ears back. It's not like three carries. For three yards, it's double digit, it's like, consistent. <laughs> and now uh, they're going to be without nose tackle Josh Banks, which is mm-hmm. a, a blow to that defensive line when it comes to stopping the run. But the Lions haven't given up an offensive touchdown in forty-four possessions. <laughs> well, the Lions beat BC. Uh, yeah, beat Winnipeg and held them to six points earlier this season. That was in BC. That was in Winnipeg. Oh, right. Yes, that's right. Which makes it even crazier. Uh, Winnipeg has not lost twice in a single season to one West team since 2018 when Saskatchewan did it. So uh, the deck is stacking against the Lions a little bit, even though they are first in the West. And the money does seem to be moving towards the Bombers when it comes to uh, the betting lines. Uh, The Bombers have won five straight off of a bye, and teams in 2023 are 8-1 off Mm -hmm. the bye. But if they can't get Brady Oliveira going... And we've seen the pass pro for the Bombers kind of struggling in recent mm-hmm. games. That bodes well for BC and not so well for the Winnipeg offense. And it's and you mentioned Brady Oliveira. It seems that that pass pro really struggles when they can't run the ball. You're just you're getting hit. You're getting smashed every play because Claris has to drop back. If they can keep, if they can't run, if they can't get Brady Oliveira going, they're going to have to figure out a way to 
we talk about it all the time, extending an extension of the run game with those quick passes, the the out or not the outs, like the sweeps and everything to get it out of Zach's hands quick because you know, for a quarter and a half, you can probably survive, but in the long run against this team, you're they're sending four or five guys because their secondary is so good. Like it's gonna be really hard to overcome if they can't get Oliveira going. And with the way that Oliveira can run, and we've seen him be able to do in the past, if they commit to it and actually stick with it, if they can if the game stays close and they're not down by two scores early, then they can keep going to him and try to get him in that rhythm. But if BC jumps out to an early lead, it's gonna be really tough. There was no Kenny Lawler in these two teams' first matchup earlier in the year, so that is a plus uh, for the Bombers. It does look like Dalton Schoen's banged up. He is questionable going into the Thursday nighter, but the Bombers are getting some enforcements on defense with Kyrie Wilson and Winston Rose set to make their return to the lineup. So that is a plus uh, when you can get that buy and get a little bit healthy as you prepare mm-hmm. for a team like BC. But you mentioned things that Winnipeg could throw at the Lions. Sometimes we see them using Nick Dembski all over the place from the backfield down the middle of the field where he seems to really just burn teams here and there. He might be a guy that uh, is interesting to watch in this Thursday nighter. And, you know, he's one of these guys that, like you said, he's a Swiss Army knife. He's everywhere. Doesn't put up huge numbers against BC. But if BC, if you see BC go to a cover zero at any point, I, I think that offense will be ready for it and they will be burning Nick Dembski down the seam. And it'll it, it'll either be it'll either be a touchdown because it just seems like he's uncoverable when he gets out there or it'll be just overthrown and it's, it's whatever. But Kalaros being in the league for so long and being and that offense being so familiar with each other that it's going to be really easy if he spots something to to change to change the play last second if he has to I guess they would be former teammates wouldn't they be OC Buck Pierce against DC Ryan Phillips mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of Buck Pierce kind of cool <laughs> in this one but it's not to say that the Lions don't have reinforcements either because they gave Dom Rhymes the game off against Edmonton he did have uh, a everybody got knee, the but... day off <laughs> let's give him a break Dom Rhymes is going to be available for the Lions and I guess it's a situation to watch. Could Vernon Adams Jr. make his return for the Lions? And that would uh, be <laughs> something to watch. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dane Evans in his absence, and it was only the one start in about three quarters of a game against the Riders. Again, it's the Riders and the Elks. He's looked all right. I mean, Edmonton sacked him five times, but he still didn't turn the ball over. Mm. He seems to be in this season uh, completely healthy. He was dealing with some issues in Hamilton last year, and I think things just snowballed out of his control a little bit. But this is exactly why the Lions kept him around. I think people were saying, oh, they got trade bait. They got this kind of stuff. But... This is why the Lions have kept uh, Dane Evans, because if something similar happens in Winnipeg, and I don't want to put these things into the universe, but uh, their pass protection hasn't been as strong. Mm-hmm. If if Kalaros has to miss some time, lengthy or a short amount of time, 
I don't know if they would be as well off as a team like BC. I, I don't think so. And I mean, we talk about the lack of quarterback depth this year with all the inner, the injuries are what's showing it. You don't yeah. count on your starter missing three, four, five games. Ottawa has found Dustin Crum, and kept he he's kept that team in there. Mason Fine, I know people are calling for his head, yeah. but he's not. Like it just seems like yes. You do you need two quarterbacks to win? No, you need that second quarterback if your first one goes down. Mm-hmm. And this year is just the year of the quarterback injury. And hopefully that doesn't continue because I think Toronto is another team that really needs to keep their QB Mm -hmm. healthy. Uh, They are eight-and-a-half-point favorites going into Calgary. I I would say both teams on a short week traveling west. That's uh, really what it is. Calgary played Sunday Mm -hmm. in Ottawa, and then uh, Toronto a little bit further east in uh, Nova Scotia as they head back to uh, Calgary for this one. Now, the last time the Argos were 7-0, and I love these history tidbits. They won the ninth Grey Cup. <laughs> when there was like three teams wow. in Toronto. <laughs> 1921, I believe uh, that was the ninth Grey Cup. But an interesting thing that the CFL put out in their notes package for this week only one of the last five teams to start 6-0 and won the Grey Cup. Well, because yeah, when the last time Toronto started 6-0, and they lost their last three games and missed the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the last team to start 6-0 and and win the Grey Cup was actually quite recent. That was the 6-0 and Stampeders in, mm. uh, in 2018. Or 2018, sorry. And they actually they finished 13-5. and So 7-5. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and end the season yeah yeah exactly that's Uh, why i hammered ottawa oh yeah until until they took the tarp off the field and it's like oh no (laughs) now wait they didn't put a tarp on it uh chad kelly threw the first pitch at the jays game uh so that's good to see uh was that last night was it they might have been this afternoon are they playing they play tonight Oh, okay. so it might have been yesterday. M- must have been yesterday. Or, well, Tuesdays, which is perfect because they should get him to throw it out all the time because then I'll just hammer whoever they're playing. <laughs> so, if, if, and whenever the Jays wear their red jerseys, they're terrible. Like, oh my God, they're so bad. Do they only wear that Canada Day? No, they wore it on Monday. Chris Bassett decided it'd be a good idea. So I got on Bet365 and hammered the Orioles. <laughs> okay. The best first pitch in Major League Baseball history. And by best, I mean the worst. It has to be Fitty, Mariah sorry. Carey, right? What about Fitty? That was pretty bad, too. <laughs> like, it's way better when they're terrible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's But can you imagine the pressure? Like, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> it's 60.6 feet or 16 and a yeah. half feet. 60 yeah. feet, 6 inches. But out there, it's got to feel like it's a mile. Oh, like, <laughs> I am pretty sure I could complete the pass with the catcher 99 yeah. times out of 100. But Until then when the there. lights are on. But, like, but like if I ever got called to, or if I ever got the chance to do it, like, I would be I'd be on the mound and be like, you know, if I really, if I show them what I got, there might be a shot here. 
right? That's got, that's, got, that's got to go through guys' heads <laughs> when they're out there. Like I still got I still got my fastball. No, you don't. <laughs> One of my favorite things about baseball is when they've burned through all their pitchers and then they throw in an outfielder. They can't and, do that anymore. Oh, they can't. They have to be. There has to be at least ten run game. Oh. Because they were like saving bullpen guys and throwing in the second baseman so that the bullpen guys would be fresh for the next day because they were just like, screw this game, we're throwing it away. Not allowed to do that anymore. You got to have like a 10 run. You got to be up by 10 or down by 10 before you can throw a position player on the mound. Oh, man, baseball sucks now compared to when we were kids. Well, I just love it when these guys get and they're throwing like 60 miles an hour and the hitters have no timing. (laughs) Yeah, Anthony Rizzo and Freddie Freeman is one of the best at-bats of all time. It's uh, it, it's hilarious. I love it. The Jays did that Canada Day a couple of years ago. I think it was 2017 or 2016, and Ryan Gones missed the rest of the year. Wow. He hurt himself pitching. <laughs> okay, we can talk baseball too once in a while. Uh, the Toronto Argonauts have released Markeith Ambles. He, you know, he did produce for the Stamps and the Argos. But the injuries got him, and then it's now it's just become a numbers you, game. If he's if he's healthy, who do you take out of this lineup? Yeah, so I, I think he'll be an interesting addition to another CFL team. I think uh, across the league, they might be picking him up uh, mm-hmm. if they got room for him, uh, because it does look like Demonte Coxie is set to return for this one and also an interesting note here just the way that the offensive line has been playing in Toronto the numbers have been keeping uh Darius Bladek uh, off the roster well he has been hurt with a foot injury he's back in practice but who do you take off the old line it's got to be tough to change anything on the team mm-hmm. when you're undefeated <laughs> if, if it isn't broke don't fix it yeah the, the Argos they, they got a Problem that uh, I think a lot of teams would, would be like to eight have. other teams that would love to have that issue. Now the stamps, uh, this would Speaking be a tough, tough blow to the team. I did read that Cam Judge was seen on crutches. He's in danger, obviously missing this game. Hopefully, not too much more. Uh, linebacker Silas Stewart, it looked like he was at practice. I know the team, uh, Danny Austin, saying that they had some pretty high hopes for him. So he might have to step up in the absence of Cameron Judge. But Kadeem Carey, Wednesday, practicing in full, that would be a big addition uh, mm-hmm. to this Stampeders team. Dealing with a toe injury, so even if he gets in, he might not be getting effective. every carry, <laughs> but to have him back at all is good news for Jake Mayer and the Stamps offense. That's, that's a big boost. No, no, like uh, nothing against Diedrich Mills, but Kadeem Carey, I think arguably is the best running back in the CFL right now when healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, changes that offense entirely. They can give it to him 15, 16 times, and he can get 100 yards. They, they, he can pass – or sorry, he can catch the ball out of the backfield. It just gives your your offensive line a bit of a break. It can set up other stuff. It's easier to set up other stuff when you can commit to the run, and it's effective. Jake Mayer right now needs all the help he can get. He does. They, they, they haven't looked like the Stamps of old. And I mean that's because they're not. like they're Without Bo, 
and and a couple other pieces that they've lost. It, it's it's a it's a little bit of growing pains, I think, going ahead with Jake Mayer as your number one guy right now. I think they'll get it figured out. I just don't know how long that's going to take. It, they do seem like correctable things, mm-hmm. at least from the from my Coachable. perspective. Yeah. yeah. If he can clean up turnovers, I guess that's not easy to do. But if he can clean those up and make uh, some better decisions, at least, you know, he seems to struggle when it's in the clutch. Like it yeah. is. He is it not is Pat Tabler. Time to make those plays. Here's in, an interesting note. The Argos are averaging the most pass yards against this season, 321.7 yards. Yeah, but that's because they're up by so freaking much. So I guess from a fantasy perspective, maybe Jake Mayer may not be the best option just because. He may not be the worst. He may have. I I just don't know if I have faith in the touchdowns. I have faith in the yards. I have faith in the yards. But I also have faith in him throwing three picks this week. So I would say that I do have faith in the Stampeder receivers um, mm-hmm. coming off of a 100-yard oh. game for Reggie Bagleton last week. You look at Edmonton with Eugene Lewis and Dylan Mitchell and these guys. We have the utmost faith in the receiving core and then Taylor Cruz yeah. throwing them the ball. <laughs> so I mean, Jake's been racking up the yards. Yep. Uh, over not, 400 not against Ottawa. And yeah, just not the touchdowns. So uh, Trey Adams Dukes, he's been limited in practice. He's got a rib issue. They're calling him questionable. But mm-hmm. Reggie Bagleton had a 100-yard game. And oh, he was really quiet. A week ago, Mark and Michelle, he's still only 6,000 on CFL Fantasy. A couple mm-hmm. weeks before that, two touchdowns, he looked great. So maybe a bounce-back game for him. But opportunity, apparently, <laughs> to put up yards against the Argo defense that we talk about and kind of mm-hmm. praise so much. But against... A lot of Ben don't break. Yeah, it, 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 against the run, Ottawa and Toronto, yeah. the two teams giving up less than four yards a carry. So those are yeah. strengths for sure. Yeah, and, and speaking of Mark and Michelle, we still can't get – I could go through my laptop and find all the old game sheets and recreate his page, or I could just wait for the CFL to figure it out. So I'm going to do that for another couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, I think that's <laughs> he's, probably – He has that game. He has, he has that big game in the two touchdowns, averaging 9.8 in those three games this year. So, you know, and, and like you mentioned, the price point, he gets a touchdown and, you know, 60, 70 yards, or he can even get two. Like the, the value is definitely there. Mm-hmm. That's now, the one thing about receivers that if the pass is targeted to them and they get picked off, it doesn't affect them. So yeah, I want to yeah. looking at, looking at receivers, you can definitely look Calgary's way, but I, I would be staying away from Jake Mayer this week. Uh, Chad Kelly only threw for 122 yards in a, uh, win over Saskatchewan. So we'll see what he does this week. It's the Argos are just doing enough to win the game. He didn't need mm-hmm. to do anything fancy to get the win because of the well, special teams. Special and, teams, yeah. Yeah. So that definitely helps. It'll be interesting to see what they do uh, this week. What will they do with the running game early on? They definitely fed AJ Olette the ball a little bit more, but he does average double-digit points in his career against the Calgary Stampeders. Mm-hmm. So I am rolling with AJ Olette this week. I would like to see a touchdown or two added to his total. Well, and, and Chad Kelly, yeah, not doing a whole heck of a lot last week, still averaging twenty-one point nine a game. 
Wow. Like he is the MOP this at this point, right? Yep. It's not even close. It is not even close. Crazy. Well, you could give it to Lowther for that rouge. Just <laughs> why not? I'm in for that. Yeah, I, I knew you would be. Ninety percent of Twitter will want to hang me. <laughs> the uh, Montreal Alouettes are two and a half point favorites going to the Donut Box. The over under is set at forty five here. This I this is I think the big. Well, actually, the both weekend games are pretty toss up. I think, um, but this I don't one, think this one is. You don't think it's a toss up? No. Now. Taylor Powell, he he started one game. It was against those Toronto Argos. Uh, It ended up being a 31-15 loss, but also the Ticats spotted the Argos at 20-3 lead at halftime. I don't know if the Alouettes have the firepower to get off to a lead like that, like the Argos. As far as offensive touchdowns go, the Argos lead the league. The Alouettes last in the league in offensive touchdowns, eight of them on the season. They're not going to win every game by kicking field goals. Maybe they will against the Taylor Powell Ticats. That's, yeah. And they did against the Red Blacks with a a pick six in there. Mm -hmm. But... Kicking field goals isn't going to get it done all the way through the season. No, and from what I've seen from this Hamilton team, they just, they're missing it. Whatever it is, it just seems like they're – I don't want to say they're not all in, but there's just something going on. I don't know if the pressure is getting to them. I don't know if Coach O is a little overwhelmed with wearing so many hats, stuff like that. But I, I just see Montreal just I, – I don't I don't think they'll win just solely on, on field goals, obviously, but I, I think that – if if Cody Fajardo can just take care of the football, yeah, and you know I think they'll they'll be able to put up points, and 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 the defense isn't terrible, and when you have a rookie starter, I mean that that can only help. Now I did want to get James Butler into my lineup. Now for what? It's the receiving. Uh, yeah. Now <laughs> when they played the Argos with Taylor Powell starting. James Butler had eight carries for 14 yards. (laughs) But he also had six catches for 58 yards. Mm If my running back's going to be catching six or seven balls or whatever, that's pretty good production. And they might use the him with the young quarterback, right? That that is also a fair point, yes. It doesn't matter where they're getting the yards from. They all count the same. And and if if they're receiving, then you get a point for the reception as well. I'm really interested to see what happens with KB and Ento here. The Argos went after him and torched him. Mm-hmm. Calgary went after him and got torched. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> so are the Alouettes uh, going to try? Well, are the Ticats going to try mm-hmm. and uh, go after that matchup? I think that'll be an interesting to watch because – it's been a while. When they played the Alouettes, it wasn't with Taylor Powell. Both Tim White and Duke Williams got over 100 yards mm-hmm. earlier this season. How do they keep the big guys going? That's a challenge. Yeah, and it just now with your third quarterback, I mean, he did have a week of practice, I would assume. 
as the number one guy. So that, that'll help with that yeah. a little bit more consistency and you can start looking at guys. And I think, you know, and I don't know why you wouldn't pick on Ento and you just kind of hope last week was a one-off because it, he has shown that he can be burned and like bad. So, <laughs> you know, if you've got a, if you got a favorable matchup with Duke there, I think that's where you got to be looking a lot of the time. Now it's going to be another like 14, 15 target week for Duke. <laughs> it could be, it could be uh, a very tough, tough news for the Alouettes for this game. Kayon Julian Grant mm. is going to miss the game. That has been confirmed. Uh, the Canadian there and now Tyson Philpot got into the roster last week. He only got the one target, no catches. So they're going to need production out of him this week in Hamilton, and I'm guessing the Ticats are going to focus on them, and rightfully so, and we saw what happened last time these teams played. Chris Edwards going in for the handshake on Austin Mack and pushing him over. I think Mack and Edwards might be two guys to watch here. They're going to – be. I just hope they get matched up on every play. <laughs> Me too. And, and, and it's Mac just gonna might be, torch him. It, and, or get, it'll be free yards. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I wish in fantasy if a guy draws a pass interference, you got those yards at least. Maybe not yeah. the reception, but the yards. Yeah, they should just give you a point if he draws a penalty. Yeah. <laughs> That's another thing that they that they got to figure out, or not figure out. The It was Marshall Ferguson, and it was a rough in the passer call, and he said that the defender drew the rough in the passer call. It's like, no, 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 no. The guy who did the pe- the guy who got called did not draw the penalty. Yeah, that's the other Backwards. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but they say it all the time. Although I don't know if a quarterback draws the penalty the same way Connor McDavid draws a hooking call. You know, McDavid doesn't draw anything. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> don't. Next year you're gonna tell me Angel Hernandez is good at his job. And oh, I'm just hang up. no, that's too far. <laughs> <laughs> He's back. Really. Yeah, he was behind the plate, and he was awful. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> Tough news for the Alouette defense is Najee Murray is out for the season with a torn mm-hmm. pec. They have added uh, former Red Blacks defensive back Randall Evans to the roster. We've seen it a few times this year, and I don't know if Evans is going to get into the lineup, but if a guy is making his first start, the other side is testing him early and often. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see if the Ticats do try that, if Evans does play. And I'll be watching the status of Greg Ellingson. There were kind of rumblings he was poking around practice last week. So if he could get in, that would be a nice addition for that Alouette yeah. offense. But can they keep the momentum going with William Stanback? That I hope so. <laughs> hey, you got him too? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm rolling with him this week. The Ticats giving up 5.3 yards a carry. And then against the rush, 119.7 yards a game is That's the average. Be the wor- is that the worst in the league? Actually, no. Edmonton is worse. Oh, Edmonton and Saskatchewan. And Calgary is worse by point. Six yards a game. But they're, they're almost giving up actually hey, the like same two amount. footballs. That's true. <laughs> Calgary and Hamilton giving up almost the same amount against the rush, almost 120 yards. Three teams averaging over 100 against a game. So, so since we're yeah, since we're on the top, top or the uh, topic of defense and and the rush, 
and William Stanback. Is Jaguar Davis going to be on that defensive line? Or... I'm sure his teammates were happy to see him back. But if he failed a physical in Calgary, how is he going to play? Otherwise, that is pretty awkward. It it does seem like... Look, I'm sure you and I, between us, have three torn meniscuses and we just walk around with it. But... uh... Maybe he Patella can play. Tendons. Patellar tendons too. Man, that so, sucks. So maybe he just he's been dealing with it, and maybe that explains the the lack of production with the Ticats this year, but man <laughs> it, it's good the stamps, I guess, work that clause into the trade. I don't know if it's a part of every trade, but I uh, think I think yeah, most trades are pending physical yeah. because you don't you you can't trust the other team's doctors. Yeah. Especially yeah. if they're like they just want to kind of get rid of them, right? Yeah, yeah. Now this Sunday game—that's <laughs> a question we can ask Friday. Yes, great tease from Brazilian Ty. We'll be talking to Commissioner Randy Ambrosi on Friday, and you'll be able to listen That'll to that. Probably be our last episode <laughs> <laughs> on Monday, um, unless you're a patron, which uh, you will get that interview before anybody else. The Ottawa Red Blacks. One point favorites as they travel to Regina, cover with an over under of forty four and a half here. Yeah, I think the under, right? Yeah, yeah. That Saskatchewan's this, not going to score points. Doesn't this scream like an eighteen fourteen game or something like that? You think the Saskatchewan's going to score fourteen? I'm picking them to win, and Mason yeah, finds my fantasy quarterback. You, they I, threw. I can't with you. They threw for 400 against yeah. Toronto. That is true. And Jake Mayer threw for 450 against the Red Blacks. I think the Riders will move the ball. Will they get it into the end zone? That's a completely different story. Yeah. So I mean, but so 400 yards. That's only. 16 points. If he does that for 6500 bucks, I'll be okay with that. I guess, yeah. That's <laughs> but I, mean, I remember picks are minus two. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to a touchdown. If he throws five, like uh, uh, Ottawa forced last week against the Ticats, <laughs> that would not be not be good news. Oh, did Poe look so bad? And I didn't even, like... I can't believe you didn't hit record. <laughs> the, the Red Blacks, I think they're going to start having maybe a numbers game in their receiving core here mm-hmm. as uh, Maurice French has signed with Ottawa. Hey. Hope you don't want him to run block. <laughs> Devontae Williams is thinking, oh, no. Uh, <laughs> Braylon Addison and Tavon Smith activated from the six-game injured list. Jack but, Evans came back last week. Yeah. Get these guys the ball. And that's the key for the riders, right? Mm-hmm. Force Crum to pass. Yeah. Which sounds crazy. Like, you yeah, force them to but, beat you through the air. Yeah. You have to spy them. If you can hold Crum to, like, 75 yards or under, your day, your, it, your day is a success. Which is, rushing yards, kind of which is wild to think about that. <laughs> yeah, if you can just hold the quarterback to 75 rushing yards, you'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> now, 
the writers have shown that running quarterbacks aren't exactly something that they do well against. No. Taylor Cornelius is one of them. But maybe maybe they're expecting it now. I, what the Ticats, I think, put on film last week against Crum is probably the... But bl- still gave up 82. Yeah, yeah. That, that's probably the blueprint that the rest of the mm-hmm. league is uh, going to be following. Is Larry Dean going to be on him? I don't know. I don't yeah, know. that's the thing. I don't know who you put to spy Crum at this point. It might be Moncrief. The, the, the yeah. athlete, athleticism he has, he's all over the place. Like, they should just go and sign Darnell right now. Yes, Darnell Throw all the Sankey. money at him and just put him in the middle. You don't need to know the playbook. You're just watching Crum all day. <laughs> Where will Darnell Sankey go? Recently released from the XFL and intends to return to I, the CFL. I'm sure there's a defensive-minded head coach slash GM that would love to have him. Now, a certain terrible team. <laughs> Does Sankey want to go there? Um, it depends on how much money they got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very fair. Saving a lot of money with uh, Mr. Geno Lewis on the sixth game, um, and not paying Cornelius. Yeah. <laughs> In the Saskatchewan, Juwan Breskison and Darrell Walker were limited in practice, and they will be without Braden Linnaeus. Unfortunately, he suffered a foot injury against the Argos, which was his first game of the year after a lacerated kidney in the preseason. That sounds nothing but terrible. Yeah, like, I'm sure my kidneys are in terrible shape, but they're not cut. <laughs> yeah. Like, I could not imagine how that felt. Yeah, just saying that out loud doesn't. It's like yesterday, I was told to trust my gut, and I'm like, I did that before. Look where it got us. Yeah, I can't trust my gut at all. No. (laughs) How do the riders get Jamal Morrow going? You. You, the stats that you have, he's had monster games in his mm-hmm. career against the Ottawa Red Blacks, but they've, these they've been Red terrible, Blacks, though, right? That's true. These Red Blacks are giving up 3.4 yards a carry. I think this is going to be another week where it's 10 carries, 15 yards, or something stupid. Wait, like that defensive front is just so good. So good. It, it feels like. If it's not working with Morrow, why, why why isn't Hickson not getting more carries? Or might as yeah, well I, put the fullback in for pass protection if you're not if you're not able to run the ball anyway. But then, like, just feels like, and we've talked about it lots. Like lame duck coach, just the lack of adjustments. I don't want to say it's a lack of of caring because I I think he knows the writing's on the wall. But it's just, I, I don't get it. He's not coaching to win games. He's coaching not to lose. In crunch time this season, and I think more than any other season with the Riders under Craig Dickinson, he's been making some uh, head-scratching decisions. And let's look at their schedule here. They, they have the Red Blacks, obviously, this week. Then they travel to Montreal. and they lose. Then they're home to the Lions. Lose. And they're on by until the Labor Day back-to-back. So that by, if they limp into that by... If they go 0-3 in these next three games... like Well, that would make it a six-game losing streak. Yeah, do you fire him then? 
And then, so then who do you? It, uh, Shivers. I think that's who you put in for the rest of the year. I interim, think, interim tag them. I think that's what fans have. Uh, and then I think if you go on a six game losing streak and Trevor Harris isn't anywhere close to coming back, I think it's Dola Gala time. Yeah, if they lose, the leash will have ran out on Mason Fine by that point. If he's not getting any better, I, I think if they're losing, but you know they're not, yeah. he's not looking terrible. And so you got to let the kid kind of keep going and get the experience and get the reps. But if they're get, if he's playing like crap, I don't think there's a question. But two two and a half games isn't enough. Might as well see what you here. have. Yeah, and then you have that bye week, and then you have two full weeks. Get ready for Winnipeg, or get ready to get blown out by Winnipeg. And Dola Gala can have those two weeks of practice. Sean Bain in his past two weeks has 20 catches on 22 targets. Mm-hmm. So Mason Fine definitely likes throwing his way. You got to pay for him in fantasy. He's almost 14,000 bucks now. I think uh, how they raised like the cap, but then just raised the prices. Yeah. So it, it works out the same anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Tevin Jones is also about the same price. He had over a hundred yards last week, but touchdown Jake he uh, he's had success against Ottawa in his career. Mm. Of course, that dates back to his days when, with when the we Owls. started calling him Touchdown Jake. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If, if they can get yeah. Winicky going at some point, like that changes that offense quite a bit. Because right we'll, now he just seems like a black hole. He's John McDonald in a lineup, right <laughs> and and we're gonna be watching KSB. When mm. uh, will Schaefer Baker be able to suit up? for those Saskatchewan Rough Riders. As for Ottawa, Devontae Williams, he's averaging over 10 uh, yards a game. It just adds a dimension when you're... 10 points a game. Yeah, 10 10 yards would be terrible. Um, Was he Jamal (laughs) Moore? I feel like it helps him when the quarterback is a a big of a rushing threat as he is. Well, and they can... Like, Ottawa has that opportunity to run RPO 20 times a game. So, like, and at some point, teams are just going to not even be going after Devontae Williams, and they're going to be going after Crum, and that's when he's not going to pull it back. Yeah. And Devontae Williams is going to be gone. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is just an intriguing matchup. And it seems like the Ottawa-Sask games always kind of come down to it. Um, Shaq Evans making his return to Regina, he had five targets last week, only one catch. You know he's going to want to be performing uh, mm. pretty good this week. It kind of, I think, well, seems like everybody has a sour end in Saskatchewan. <laughs> it's, there's, I don't know if there's any happy endings. <laughs> I, well, Mm-mm. maybe a Mm-mm. few, but thanks for not adding to that. Only um, Saskatoon at the Blue Bay. I would name it the title of the podcast but you definitely can't no the, <laughs> the people that would show up expecting <laughs> you know one of the most down <laughs> this is a completely off base love it one of the most downloaded <laughs> episodes in two and out history was i think called carol baskin did it <laughs> How many people downloaded? This was the height of Tiger King. Apparently, her ex-husband's alive. Tiger King 3. Although Tiger King 2 kind of was sucked. awful. <laughs> Give me that factor on a jet ski for an hour. Like, that's all I want. <laughs> I, that picture I love. 
Yeah. I love. Oh, this is all I needed today. I'm so glad I pressed record. You and me both, because I'm, <laughs> I was I would have hated to tell you I'm not doing this again. <laughs> I've uh, I've kind of talked about my fantasy lineup. It's Mason Fine, AJ Olette is my captain, William Standback, Austin Mack. Trey Odom's Dukes, Samuel Emelis, and the Rough Rider defense with a hundred bucks left over. Yes. Crum got smashed last week. Not only in his running plays, I think Hamilton sacked him five times. Something like that, yeah. And I would say Saskatchewan's pass rush is better than Hamilton's. Well, all their guys are healthy. Yeah. So uh what's your lineup? Dustin Crum. <laughs> <laughs> the start quarterback, stand back and Devontae Williams, Austin Mack, Nick Dembski is my captain, Tradem's Dukes, and the Alouette defense. And I got $600 left over. Now, the CFL Podcast Fantasy League, I had 92.5 points last week. so I, I haven't cracked like average. 80 yet. Wow. Wow. I've been doing all right. I'm all right. I had a good start to the year and kind of fell yeah. off. <laughs> this year, I'm taking on Ryan. Were you the, 1930, were you the 1936 Toronto Order? <laughs> From the Canadian Football Countdown podcast. Good luck, Ryan. Now, for Pickham, home teams are 15 and 16 this year, and East teams have won eight of the last 10 against the West. Because the East has more starting quarterbacks. Do they? Mazzoli hurt, Mitchell hurt, Fajardo against Fajardo all Kelly. odds. <laughs> yeah, Fajardo and Kelly. Fajardo and Kelly, and then all that's in the West is, well, I guess, no, that's two and two because all Zach that's left in the Jake. West is, is yeah. Mayer and Zach, yeah. Wow. Well, I'm going Winnipeg, Argos, mm-hmm. Alouettes, mm-hmm. and then we differ on Sunday. I'm taking the Riders here. I'm taking Ottawa. I'm tired of being let down. <laughs> <laughs> you can rate, review, and subscribe to Two and Out on your favorite podcatcher and check us out on YouTube as well. I'm going on holidays, but we still have content for you. Monday will be uh, the release of our chat with CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi. Thursday will be my chat with... Uh, President of the BC Lions, Dwayne Vineau. And then the Monday after that, chat with 1993 Grey Cup champion Jed Roberts. It's the 30th anniversary of that Edmonton team winning the title. Lots of fun stories, lots and of laughs, and a lot of. Two weeks off. And yes, some shade thrown at uh, Calgary, which uh, you always like Weird. to see. <laughs> And it wasn't even us. <laughs> so enjoy those interviews. We'll be putting out on the Two and Out CFL podcast. You can support the show on Patreon. You'll get them before anyone else. Patreon.com slash Two and Out CFL podcast. If you, if you donate enough, I can quit my job. Yes. We only need 100,000 <laughs> more supporters on Patreon. And your mom still hasn't signed up. So... <laughs> She got tickets to Mudfest up in like Bonneville or wherever that is, right? Gets them emailed to her, takes a screenshot of the QR code, Uh-oh. deletes the tickets out of her email. So goes to Mudfest and... Well, no, she got them to resend the tickets. Oh! I'm like, why are you like this? Well, I didn't know. I'm like... You got my number? You could ask. 
the worst part is I was home when she bought them. Like I was on disability when she bought those tickets. Like I don't know what she was thinking. Tech talk with uh, Brazilian ties mom. Oh, man, it's it's a struggle some days. <laughs> I'll talk to you when I'm back from holidays, and I uh, I'll see you in Montreal. I can't believe the Riders are playing in Montreal, and I'm going to a concert. The two is, concerts. Yeah, it is my favorite band on the planet, Metallica. So, And uh, if I wouldn't have almost died, I would have probably been there yeah. for my birthday. Yeah. I would have yes. dragged you out. I would have dragged you out. It would have been a good time on Saturday. <laughs> Could I hit up Crescent Street and see what the buzz is all about. <laughs> Thankfully, I will be with my wife and uh, under my best behavior. Uh-huh. <laughs> have a good one, man. You too. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.